this is that other sports show. Let's go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, old school listeners. We are back on a Wednesday night. I don't know if Joe, Jesse will be posting this tonight, but we are taping on a Wednesday night. I'm very nostalgic right now, Jesse. Shout out to Shay Rollins, our boy, one of the godfathers of this very podcast. We've probably been doing shows with him for over 10 years. And I think back to one of our first years, maybe our first or second year, we had Shay on. We were all drinking heavily, and he started playing his guitar. I think we started singing Santeria on air, or maybe it was another random white boy band. Um, Jesse Thomas, of course, has always joined me. He joins me again, Jesse. Do you remember the song that we sang that night? I, I don't think it was Santa Santeria, but I feel like it was a Sublime song. Because Shay was super huge into like playing some Sublime. Was it Lovin' is what I got? Oh, I, it might have been. It might have uh, been. Yeah, it's good times. Ha- happy birthday. Happy yes, birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Shay. Love, Love you, buddy. Bro. You're Love old. You, You're old now. But you look good. You still look good. Oh, is this questionable? Does this he- look better? It's <laughs> <laughs> look worse. Like worse, right? He's looked worse. Bro, sometimes he's sometimes worse. that's how he looked pretty good. So once you get into your fucking uh was it late twenties, early thirties, that's gotta be the perspective, right? I could look better, I could look fucking worse. Um Jesse, we have a stack show. This is the first time in a very long time that we've done shows this close together. So I'm actually pretty excited. And I have a full bang already in me. So we Ooh. are fucking going the right way. Hell um, yes. Quick update on the nose. How's the nose? How you healing? Uh, it's healing up, man. I, I'm gonna tell you what though. Uh, last time I said something on the show about man, it's most money I've spent on super glue, and then Jay was like, "Hey, take it easy, bro. Like they're doing their job. It's not them that's taking your money." Well, let me tell you. The doctor said two weeks. He said this super glue will last you two weeks. It lasted two days and it came off. Uh, yeah. I had to go to the store, spend three dollars and eighty-eight cents on some Loctite. Boom, did it myself. 388. Loctite. Loctite super glue. I'd make sure. Make you, sure that motherfucker. Did you did you, did you at Sabu and at Sabu and say uh, at Sabu, I know you're not a medical professional. However, I know you uh, shared your body with barbed wire multiple times. The super glue you used to heal yourself. What was it? Was it Loctite? Was it Loctite? Was it just super glue, super glue brand? I think that they, whenever I think of super glue, because again, I'm an old fuck, I think of the commercial where the guy super the hard hat. glues his, yeah, the construction hat, the hard hat, the helmet, if you yes. know, and yes. he's suspended from it, <laughs> right? Meanwhile, I buy super glue at the fucking dollar store and I try and super glue my kids' glasses, uh, the frames back together. That shit's got about a day shelf lifetime. So it does. Come right back apart. So. <laughs> my my $3.88 Loctite only lasted me like two days and then I showered but, and then it came right off and I had to do it all over again. 
Can you get a now we're really fucking burning the burning the wick? Can you get the band-aids that are water resistant? Put it over that. Well, that's what that I have to do. So if when I use the super glue, it says right on the package, don't get near eyes or in eyes. And so, of course, my cut is right on the bridge of my nose, like right in between my eyeballs. So I put the Loctite on and I'm like, damn, I did a good job. That's nice and straight. It's all nice and closed. There's no gap. Like, I'm I'm feeling proud. All of a sudden, the chemicals hit my eyes and I go like you wouldn't this, believe like my eyes turn blood red, like within <laughs> 10 seconds, I'm leaking fluids out yeah. like crazy. And then the only thing I could think of to save myself was you got to put a Band-Aid on that and hope it covers up the chemical smell. Yeah, that's what that is, right? And, and that's what happened. No doctors I, here, but you've got yeah. chemicals going into your fucking eyeballs. That... So I put a Band-Aid on. That motherfucker stops the, the burn, and I feel good again. So This is unbelievable. This is really – well, uh, we'll Just get another – Doogie. Anybody gets a cut out there, I'm your guy. Again, this is. I'll bring my is, bottle of Loctite. You want to come to the podcast for gambling advice? We understand. You want to come to the podcast for MMA takes? We been giving them to you. There's nothing new here. You want to come to the podcast for medical advice? Fucking have at it. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> here we are. The older uh, we get, the weirder the show gets. That's just I how mean, it, goes. it ages, right? Like you want to age with the podcast. You know, yes. we we can't do like the same race jokes we were doing nine years ago again no that's why shay's not allowed back on the show really that's really yeah yeah. we we blame we blame like technical difficulties but he's just hard r and we're just Just, yeah shit on the air you can't use the hard r man it's no no good at least not on that with the mics on what are you doing and we don't drink anymore so there's no more belligerent right like i would say he drinks enough for all of us here come on (laughs) Which is okay. I mean, it's okay. That. I, I, Happy birthday, by the way. We love you. Yeah, some more, one more. We love you, Jay. Please be good. Be good. Uh, and everybody, uh, cash app him at Isai Nunez with a Z. And I think there's a two at the bottom of that. I hate it if there's not and some random fucks getting a 20. Uh, hey, so Jess, let's do UFC fights before we. Yeah, let's do. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about in a minute because it's been super mid. You know, Jess, I can't argue that. I can't dispute that. I still love combat sports, and shout out to Deontay Wilder for making big boxing feel like big boxing, even if it's only for one round. I had that nostalgic moment watching Deontay Wilder, where you go, man. A big fight feel still has a big fight feel, and maybe that's just an 80s kid thing, a Mike Tyson heavyweight thing, and Evander Holyfield versus Lennox Lewis thing. I don't know, but I just I feel like when I'm when I'm watching it, like the ring walks and all that, it's like man, this, a big fight feel to me still has no a feeling like no other. It doesn't feel like the Super Bowl, it doesn't feel like the NBA finals, it's still to me has a unique, special feeling that only combat sports gives me. That's why I still love it after all these years. But uh, So shout out Deontay Wilder and him absolutely leveling that guy with a hat. With Deontay Wilder, I just got to say, like he may not be the guy to ever hold a title again. And he, and maybe he'll get like some of those other belts, but he'll never be like the guy, right? Yeah. But I think that that's okay because when he fights – 
I mean, he's like obviously overmatched in that fight. Like he's going to lay somebody out. I think that's great for the sport. Like we need yeah. that kind of thing, you know. Well, when, no, when like MMA that? needed Rampage Jackson, you know. They needed Naganu. Like, they needed Naganu. They Nagano. needed Naganu. It needed those guys who can just come in and finish a fight. He may not ever be a champion. May not ever be a reigning champion. Maybe he's just a one-time guy. Go, hey, they, let's they go all the way back to Tank. But Emmett, yeah, Tank Abbott, the sport needed a Tank Abbott at that time. He was out there drinking beers all the way up to the, the ring before he got into the cage and then, you know, drop his beer off, take that last drag off of smoke, and then go in there and finish a dude in 13 seconds. Or he's going to look stupid silly being winded as fuck after three minutes of fighting. But MMA needed that. Boxing needs Deontay Wilder. I love this guy. I love watching the fight. It's amazing every single time. It's like you never know what you're going to get. I think that you've made a lot of key points here, so I don't want to dwell on them, but I do want to dwell on this. You're right where he will he will probably never be the definitive number one, the ring champion, if you will, right? The undisputed champion. Right yeah. now, it is clearly Tyson Fury, and it's almost impossible for him to take that from him, short of him fighting two more times and him knocking him out in a devastating fashion two times, which is just not going to ever happen. I'd be shocked if they ever fight again. Um, there's other fights out there for both guys, but there's nothing wrong with, a, being one of the most popular fighters in the world and still being able to draw some type of pay-per-view number, high or low. Two, still getting an enormous bag because it's prize fighting. And at the end yeah. of the day, I love the message, which is you get the prize fight. He finishes him in one round, makes sure he's okay and says, hey, listen, guys, we got a lot of shit going on in the world. It should be more hugs. It should be more love. There should be more affection. We shouldn't be all about fights. We should be all you know, our violence, if you will. We should be about loving each other and respecting each other. And, and that is, again, Jess, it comes with age, right? That's the kind of stuff that comes with age. That, that wasn't Wilder six years ago. He was bomb squad and he was screaming that he wanted to rip guys' throats out and this and this. And now he's just like, yeah, you know what? I've changed a little bit. I'm a little bit older. I've made a whole lot of money. As I mentioned here, prize fighting, right? Guy gets an enormous bag. Um, it, he's in an incredible position where nothing wrong with being, and it sounds disrespectful when you say it, but second fiddle. Nothing wrong with being second fiddle in the heavyweight division. And there there are fights out there for him. I personally would like to see him fight Usyk. I think Usyk beats him, but I still like to see the fight. I'd still like to see him fight Andrew Ruiz Jr. I I hear uh, the bubbling up that, that fight's going to happen. So we'll see the chapter, the final chapter of Deontay Wilder. That you know, that's clearly it's far from being closed. So let's keep it moving here, Jess. Let's move on to the MMA here. I've got the main card up. The prelims are good. I just found out driving in the car today and hearing a random ad for um, this Saturday show. Crazy. That it is, it's one of those afternoon shows. I have I fucking spaced it. And if you're on the West Coast, this is one of those that's on at like 11 o'clock. So if you want to just go ultimate juice, Jess knows college football a lot better than me, so we won't touch it. But if you're playing college football, you're playing some MLB playoffs and you're betting fights, I mean, you're fucking having a great time. Shout out to you. But uh, <laughs> let, let's start at the bottom here. Uh, started from the bottom that we're here. The lady whose name we ha always have a difficult time. It's Caitlin, I believe. Caitlin Chugigan. Is that how you say it? Chugigan. I don't know. I can't say it, but I love trying to. It sounds right. awesome. Eight, 18 and four record here. She's fighting another chick's name. I cannot say. Fiorot. 
Firo, she's French, or it looks like a French flag, so I just want to start doing a French accent. She's uh, two, uh, minus 210, so she's, a, she's the favorite here. Uh, Jess, throw me some random fights on this. Who you got? Uh, I, I love Kaylin. I, I think that she's a tremendous athlete. She's a tremendous uh, promoter of, of women's uh, MMA. Um, I think that she comes up short a lot because skill set's just not completely there. Uh, I believe that the French chick is a little bit more well-versed. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to bet against Caitlin this time. I normally just bet, I bet on her because it's just fun. And like I said, it's fun to say her name, you know, or at least attempt to, yes. but I'm going to go uh, with the, uh, the, the other chick in this, in this, uh, fight. yes. Uh, Manon, I believe is the first name. God, I'm butchering this. I always feel stupid when I hear the way they actually pronounce these when I'm watching like, uh, the actual fights. I'm just like, wow, we fucking wow, we I fumbled that tremendously. That's why I sometimes I like you leading with these. It's been a minute, but I'm I'm still leading. <laughs> uh not Fior, I believe. I listen, a little karate, a little boxing. Caitlin's a little she's taller, good with her hands. I want to want both these a, a boxer versus a karate chick means there and be on the ground for fucking twelve minutes. Yeah. Um I am leaning Fjord, much like you, because of our friends in Vegas, if they've got an eye on it, they're usually sharp. I'm going to lean that way. And I'm going to go knockout here late, round three. Uh, Benil Darius, he's been up and down the card. I'm still a fan. He's in a unique spot in his career as well, 21-4. and four. He's fighting another guy whose name I cannot pronounce and I don't want to disrespect. Matus Gamrot from the American Top Team. It looks like our young friend uh, Gamrot is a slight favorite here at a minus 190. Interesting here, Jess. Who you got? Matus Gamrot. Gamrot, for one thing, is uh, he's a very well-rounded guy. Again, uh, he's got some heavy hands. I just think that Benil Dariush, we've been rooting for this guy for a long time. We've been waiting to see what he can do. Um, we've been disappointed with some of the injuries and stuff and some of the fight layovers and, and whatnot. I think that uh, I think that this is a must-win time for Darius. If he if he wants to reach the peak before his prime is over with, he needs to desperately win this fight. And because of that desperation, I think that his training never has <laughs> been on point. Uh, his last couple fights, he has fought and won. He's looked very very good in. Gamrot is going to be a very game competitor, but I'm going to go Darius. I think he's going to find a way to sub him out somewhere in the second or late uh, or early third round. Yeah, um, Darius hasn't. Dar yeah, this to me feels like a pick 'em. And uh, Darius has not fought since May 15th of 2021 when he beat Ferguson. And if you remember that fight, he beat Ferguson relatively impressively. Yes. So, uh, Gamrod's coming off of a, a weird, um, He's he's got three fights in the last eighteen months, so that always impresses the absolute shit out of me. And they're all wins. He's on a four fight win streak here. They've got him as a wrestler, but I always see Darius as one of the more dominant wrestlers in this division. And I've I don't think I've yet to see him truly out grappled in a fight. I'm gonna lean Darius here. This does feel like a pick 'em, Jess, and I'm gonna lean back to something I lean on a lot in the past year where I look at someone like Oliveira and I go, well, Darius might be in that unique area in his career where you trade wins and losses and you get injured and you disappear for eight months and you come back. And once again, if he could put together two or three fights, I don't see how you keep him out of that lightweight 
inner circle, if you will, of the top three or four contenders. Exactly. Um, I'm going dare use decision. Real meat and potatoes here, Jess. And I'm really interested on your take here because I've been kind of juggling this one in the back of my head. Um, Peter Yan is fighting Sugar Sean O'Malley. And this is by far the biggest bite that O'Malley can take into the the pizza slice that is MMA competition. Um, uh, Before I really give you my in-depth thoughts on this, Jess, give me some, flesh this out. Give me your thoughts and then I'll give you some of mine and then we'll we'll give our picks. So most fights that Peter Yan is not in a title contending or title fight, I would say Jan's going to win that fight. He's an impressive guy. His stand-up is good. His his defense is good. Uh, his his ground game needs work. He has those moments where he will not attack when he should attack. He kind of just, I don't know what makes him so sluggish in his thought process, but there's moments where he should just go for it and he does not. But I'm going to tell you what, man. A sugar Sean... His fluidity on his feet, the footwork, the way his body moves, it's not robotic. Uh, one of the greatest combat strikers I've ever seen is is got to be um, uh, Cowboy Donald Cerrone. The way that he throws from, from the shoulder with hip and everything involved. But he was so robotic in his movement, so robotic in his throws. Sugar Sean is, is, is similar in striking. But so fluid. Everything just kind of pops. Bam, comes out. Bam, comes out. Half the time, you're not even really sure it's coming at you. Very Nate Diaz-like. I know that we've we've kind of given that comparison before. Very Nate Diaz-like in his striking. Uh, Sugar Sean has a little bit more pop in the glove than Nate. And again, the footwork, the body movement, the angles. Everything is so easy. And I hate to use that word, but... Everything that he throws, everything that he puts out there is just, it feels like it's too easy for him. And in this fight, what we're seeing is Robocop on one side, Peter Yan, <laughs> and then Gumby on the other side, which is Sugar Sean. And I got to tell you, I'm going to take Sugar Sean in this fight. I think uh, that I he's going to, I think he's going to come out, put on a display of great tactical striking. And Yon's not going to have an answer for it because he doesn't do takedowns very well. He doesn't like to be on his back. And the only thing that Yon can really do is come forward in that robotic stance and just throw heavy leg kicks and heavy strikes. Sugar Sean's going to avoid and duck and play defense and then counterattack. And everything's going to come and just look super fluid, water-like from his body. And I'm telling you, Sugar Sean's going to shock the world and make Yon look really, really bad. I love that take. By the way, uh, Jan is a uh, two seventy favorite in this fight. Which gotta take Sugar Sean just for the cash. Ah, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's unique. Um, so the, again, in my opinion, this is the biggest step up in competition. This is way bigger than Cheeto Vera. Um, this is Jan coming off of an incredible. Is this guy potential number one pound for pound discussions a year ago? Um, I'm. I think you have a very good point here. With the styles make fights, and the fluidity, the movement, the not a paint by numbers guy. That's who Sean is. 
And will he be able to do something unique and throw something that really throws Jan off? Because sometimes Jan can become that paint-by-numbers, wash, rinse, repeat guy. And if, if that happens and he's shooting off of a lazy jab or something like that, Sean, Sean will throw knees. Sean will throw. Sean will take those chances. Um, I do believe Sean is the I'm sorry, I do believe Peter is the better grappler. And I think that if this fight gets into those waters, uh, I think Sean's in a world of trouble. I really do. I just that that's just not where he's been at his best. Um, I wish this was a five round fight. I really do. I I I just I I can't do it, Jess. I don't have the balls to do it. I I think this is one of those fights. I'm going to be kind of rooting for both guys because I'm a fan of both guys. Yeah, I'll probably, definitely. I'll probably be rooting for Sean a little bit more. And I'm not a Sean fan like most. I don't watch his podcasts. I don't watch his YouTube clips. Um, I, I'm not really, I don't do TikTok, so I'm not into those theatrics, but I, I, I'm a fan of his fighting. I'm a fan of what he does in the cage. And I think that, uh, he's a unique talent. You know, we've, we've stressed that clearly. And that's why both of us think if he, he has a chance, he's got, he's got more in the puncher's chance in this. Um, but I'm going Jan. I think Jan, it takes maybe the second and third round. I think he's going to be disciplined and I think he's still in his mind one of if not the best in the world at that division and he wants to get back in that title shot and and finishing someone like sugar within the first two rounds does that but but i don't think that happens i think sean survives i think he uh peter wins two out of the three so i'm going peter uh, peter yan uh dc Jan. just our next fight here <clears throat> and this one to me is interesting as well you know sterling's career has been very impressive in my opinion Aljamain Sterling, he, he kind of went hill for a minute here and he rubbed some of MMA Twitter as well as some of the old guys the wrong way. Um, but he's just a different cat. Uh, he is fighting TJ Dillashaw. And you want to talk about a Vitor Belfort weird peak career type of arc. Uh, we're looking at TJ. And TJ's only got 22 fights, which kind of surprises me because I feel like he'd have more. But again, when you get suspended for steroids <laughs> for, I think it was two years, then that, that, that'll happen. Um, Peter, I'm sorry, Peter. Uh, TJ is a 150 dog. Sterling is a 175 favorite. I'm using ESPN. Uh, Jess, give me some thoughts and, and just give me who you got. And this is this is a title fight, correct? Or yes, yes, sir. Five okay. round bantamweight title fight. Five rounds. T- yeah, TJ in a title fight in twenty twenty two, just mind blowing to me. First of all, how TJ wormed his way into a title shot. I don't. I don't wormed. Know. Ooh. Like, I he he's got he's got to know somebody in the top, man. He's got he to know somebody Corey in the Sanhagen. top. He beat Corey Sanhagen. He beat Corey Sanhagen. That's oh. really it. He beat Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen's a tough guy, and I believe that that fight was pretty close. I agree. Um, Dillashaw has always been game. Uh, even in his losses uh, earlier, earlier on in his career, uh, even his losses, uh, he still looked good the and Cejudo dominated fight. at times. He's the a Cejudo very game fight. fighter. He he was on the B side of Cejudo's went big, a lot of big wins, yeah. and uh, and he looked bad because he was um, getting knocked out. And shit. <laughs> well, you know what? In 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 uh, triple triple was a triple C. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, he's a different cat, man. I, I think that if he'd come back, he'd give that division a run for his money as well. Uh, I, I, but I think he priced himself out. 
but yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, especially by this point in time, he doesn't he doesn't need UFC money. He's got money. Uh, TJ TJ Dillashaw. Um, so again, uh, I get it. Looks good. Always has had a good physique. You know, wrestler kind of kid, big kid. You know, real cut up. And then he gets popped for whatever it was. I I have no idea what it was. I can't tell you right now. But you it, know, was it, ma- was, it was something major because it, it was it was it was a near two year uh, layoff for him that he just sat around and had to train. And I, I get January it. January 2019 to July 20. That's insane. That's yeah. insane length of time off. Uh, again, though, like you gotta, as a fan of fighting, you know that he's had issues with, uh, you know, the the whole uh, steroid abuse or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then he takes this picture, right? And we've all seen it by now. Oh, geez. He takes this picture. <laughs> Have you ever seen a man so just jacked and shredded? Like every vein and pore in his body is like like out there. For I mean, he's got like two percent body fat right now. I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just going to yeah, say it's too easy to though. But it's I'm too just easy going to, to say it's not me that's thinking it. It's everybody else also because he's already been in trouble for this once. And if you don't remember, he posted pictures like this when he got popped as well, where he was just absolutely freakishly shredded beyond means. And then all of a sudden he gets, you know, hit with a big, you know, steroid thing. So, yeah, look, it's disrespectful to the sport. It's braggadocious. It's all fuck. It just, it just, it's an incredibly bad look. But and you can argue that him getting the main event title shot so quickly is a bad Super weird, man. Super weird. But. If you if we're gonna take all that stuff aside, and I think as fight fans you should, because it is a fight and it's gonna be a five round championship bout. Uh, T.J. Dillashaw is a again very game fighter. I have never in my entire time watching him fight thought he does something spectacularly better than everybody else. I've always thought that he's worked a little harder than some people in the cage. He's got a little bit more guts to kind of go for certain shots that other guys don't go for. But I've never watched a, a Dillashaw fight and said, damn, his grappling is that much better than the next guy. Damn, his striking is that much better than the next guy. So in this case, I'm just going to go out and say it. I think Algerman Sterling is, he's just worked his ass off over the last two or three years to get where he's at. And he's now beaten Jan twice. Uh, or the first one, I guess, was a no contest. Yeah, but the last uh, one was relatively even. Was even the first definitive. fight could have been going Algerman's way. The second fight was close. Sterling gets the nod again. Another reason I'm going to give the nod to Sean O'Malley because I don't think Jan performs big in big fights. Oh, um, TJ Dillashaw has his work cut out for him, and I don't think that he's got the necessary tools to adjust to Sterling's newest adjustments if you understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. sterling's come along a long way he's made adjustments to make his fight game better tj dillashaw still fights the exact same way and he just expects to be the stronger bigger guy and so did yon and look what happened yon got pieced up i expect tj dillashaw to get pieced up i expect him to get kicked in the face a couple times Mm -hmm. i expect dillashaw to go for takedowns that sterling's going to stuff i expect algerman sterling to remain the bantamweight champion. Yeah, I, I could be wrong here, but I think the only way that TJ wins this fight is if he hits like a 
a, a first round catches Aljamain slipping and surprises him with the speed and with his power and his pop. And one thing about TJ, he's in a lot of fights where guys get knocked out. You look at those Garbrandt fights. You look at those triple C fights where he just got caught early and, and, you know, just fucking whirlwinded. I, I think, I think his one shot to win this fight is if he comes out early and just guns a fucking blazing. Yeah. I mean, he comes out with the intent of, we, I, I'm this fight's not going 25 minutes. This fight's going fucking five minutes. I think if that's the intent and he just comes out again, just absolutely up in his shit and not trying to pace for a five round fight, but just going all out, um, just burn, you know, burn, burning at a high octane level. I think that that's his one shot. That's his one shot. I honestly think that. Um, I don't believe that's what's going to happen. If it did happen, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I think much like you, I think we're in a unique scenario where, and we haven't used this one this, this week. So here we are, uh, <laughs> trending, trending up versus trending down. Ooh. I think, yeah, I think Aljamain's trending up. I agree with everything you say here where he's just kind of been through the mud and he's come out on top of it all, much like Oliveira, much like a lot of these guys that went through the fires early in their UFC careers when they are 20 and 22 and 23 years old. And now they're 27, 28, and they're just in a different you know, point of their career. Um, I think about his training and how he's been with Sarah and Longo for all these years. And he really is the definitive star of that camp. If you think about the stars they've had that come in and out of there. Um, and I, I, I think that he's become incredibly disciplined and that's a big thing too, but is, when he can be that disciplined fighter, he's he's really, really tough to beat. And I think that's what we're going to get. I think he's going to have that four or five rounds of just absolute discipline. And I think he beats TJ either late with a finish or something like a four rounds to one. But, I, but it would not surprise me if he finishes TJ, I'd say mid to late fight. Because I, I do think TJ is going to exert a lot of energy just shooting for takedowns and shooting his wad. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm of the firm belief that that's TJ's game plan. He's going to try to shoot his fucking wad. Um, so I'm going Sterling and, and gun to my head. Uh, I'm going late stoppage. Something after the fourth round, fourth, fifth round stoppage. But if it does go to the judges, I think he's going to win it relatively easy. So I'm like 4-1. Got Main agree. event, yes. Main, Main event time. All right. So listen, this is another unique one. And in my opinion, I I think if someone wanted to say that Charles Oliveira is the best MMA fighter in the past 12 months, I think that's a very fair assessment. And I've been saying this on the show for a while here now. He is fighting. And once again, let me make sure we don't butcher names here. I think it is Islam. Islam Makaveg coming off of the Bobby Green knockout. TKO before that he beat Dan Hooker and then there are some random wins under that some have argued that Islam is not deserving of this and I can understand that argument this probably has something to do with location which I'm sure just that makes sense <laughs> uh, we've got and this is fucking mind blowing to me uh, Islam is the favorite here slight minus 190 no, I'm sorry. That makes him the dog. Let me shut. No, that makes him the favorite. Fuck. 
that makes him the favorite. I'm, I am so fucking baked right now. Um, <laughs> just who you got? There's no way I'm picking against Oliveira. There's nothing that Islam no. can do. There's nothing that Islam can do that Oliveira can't counter somehow. Oliveira is a very strong grappler. We know this. As a matter of fact, Khabib's even gone out and said, hey, you know what? As far as grappling is concerned, he's right up there with me. Khabib's even gone and said that Islam is a better striker than Khabib was. And most people, or a lot of people at least, consider Khabib to be the greatest of all time. Uh, for the greatest of all time to come out and say, oh, man, this kid's he's actually better than me in, in certain areas. That's That's huge. But Charles Oliveira, to go back to your through the mud uh, scenario, has been through the proverbial mud. He's gone through the bad losses. He's had some wins, had a, sh- a shit loss that brought him back down a couple a couple notches. He's had to go through the, the ringer to get to where he's at. He's gone through several camps. He's now in a camp that he enjoys. He's doing very well with. Uh, I believe um, uh, he's, he's at the top of the game as far as everybody is concerned. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a fair assessment to say that Charles Oliveira is possibly the best pound for pound fighter in MMA over the past 12 months. I don't think that that's, that's something that people can, can disagree with. People can say, Oh, well, this guy's been, you know, he's fought better. He's fought worse. Whatever. Oh. Yeah. And they, you can also argue that he wasn't dominant in those fights because he got dropped in almost every single one of them. But, but at the same doesn't time, matter, in my opinion, he still won those fights. How many of those fights did he also end up finishing? Every one of them. May have been dropped, but yeah, he finished all those fights. Every, he, every one. If you want to talk, we talk about heart in, in, in combat sports in general, right? Boxing, whatever, karate. Take, the heart is something that, yes, it's it's an organ in your body. It pumps the blood through your body to, to create that, you know, that energy and stuff and in and, and, uh, and, and, uh, activity and energy for your muscles to, to move and grow and, and everything, right? Heart in this consideration is just that will that drive to get to persevere and charles Oliveira has been knocked down in almost every big fight he's been in at least over the past like say you know 14 12 to 14 months right he's been knocked down a lot of these fights he's been rattled he's been jiggled his jaw's been jaw jacked a few times He's hit the ground face first, looked like he's out, just to find a way to turn around and finish the fight. To get rocked and then turn around and finish fights in the biggest fights of your entire career, that's the type of heart that is is made for champions. And that is why he is the champion. Um, Islam is good. He needs more time. And not necessarily mm-hmm. more time, but he yep. needs better picked opponents. Stop giving him Bobby Green was the toughest opponent he had had to date. And I think that was a filling. And and Bobby Green was like a what, like a two week, seven day? Yeah, fill-in? It was a like it was crazy how quick Bobby took that fight. You can't tell me that this guy's in a championship fight with one of the pound for pound best fighters in MMA today. After beating Bobby Green, who stepped in on like eight days' notice, that's ridiculous. Islam is going to be good. One day he may be champion, but he hasn't had the the, the caliber of fights that Oliveira's had. Oliveira's been in wars with all the greats. Islam needs more time. This fight, Oliveira is going to prove to the world that there is only one guy that deserves the headlines and that's the lightweight champion that is him Oliver is going to finish this fight 
Uh, I'm guessing uh, Makachev's probably going to take him down. Old Bear's going to find a way to sub him out, whether it's on the ground or, you know, from his back or the front, find a way to flip that. I'm guessing uh, second round stoppage via submission and still reigning defending champion. I love the idea of Makachev taking chances early. If he won this fight by taking chances early, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if, I mean, a lot of people have just not been able to capitalize on dropping Charles because they're afraid of his guard or whatever the reasoning is. They're just not able to get finishes there. So it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't shock me, per se. And I'm guessing, again, that's why these lines are so close. But, again, echo everything you said, Jess. I think Charles right now is just steamrolling, and this is a bad stylistic matchup for Islam. He's still a little bit 1D to me, where he's just a, an over-the-top aggressive grappler, and his boxing and his striking is nowhere near the level of what Charles is. And Charles, if he wants to, is really going to be able to pick him apart with kicks um, and with anything he does, knees and shit like that. Um, Islam needs to take advantage of... of the wrestling, and if he can find a way, I don't think he can, to be honest with you, but if he can find a way to just stay in that top dominant position and almost turn this into these old Khabib boring fights, um, he could win the title. He could he can win a decision doing that, but I don't think it happens. I, I think his gas tank is going to be tested at that championship level, much like we talked about earlier with Peter Yawn and Sugar Sean. Sometimes that experience is just, it's a lot. And, and stepping up in competition, this, in, in my opinion, this wide of a competition, it's a lot. And I know Styles make fights, and I know Charles is susceptible to damage, but he's still the best on the planet. And I think if Islam fucks around and gets lazy in that guard, Charles is going to submit him. Charles will submit him. Um, I like Charles late in the fight. I don't think this goes five. I think Charles finishes him, knocks him out, TKO fashion. I'm gonna say the fourth round. I, I just can't. Maybe the fifth. Well, I mean, if, if, if I pick a finish, it's got to be fourth or fifth. But I don't think it happens within three. I think it happens within four or five. Charles has a fucking amazing tank. If you look at that Poirier fight, uh, it shows you the the championship part too. We both are in agreement here. We both love Charles, Jess. I really want to keep it moving here. We're going to seamlessly transition. It's been a while. This might be the second that we've done all year. But there's the Thursday night game, Jess. Yeah, it's, we haven't even got to. This is, I think, go. the second one. I think we did week one, and now we're doing week seven. Here we go. Week seven. Here we go. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, nothing changes. We're using thelines.com. They've got all of your favorite websites to gamble on. DraftKings, Caesar Sportsbook, FanDuel, BetMGM. There's some Canadian, shady Russian websites in there as well. They've collected the lines, and they're between two to two and a half. Arizona at home Thursday night is a two to a two and a half point favorite, and they are against the New Orleans Saints. I would love to know what the points total is on this, but I'm not going to look, Jess. Who you got? Um, You know what? The uh, cards get DeAndre Hopkins back this week. Mm. And 
that that guy's been staying in shape. He's one of the he's been one of the healthier you know receivers of the elite receivers past you know eight nine years or whatever. So Hopkins is back, and Kyler kind of counted on on DeAndre to be that safety net, that safety valve. Uh, so expect for Hopkins to get a lot of looks. I think Hopkins has a pretty big night. I think Kyler kind of reconnects. He finds some room to run and scramble around, make some plays. Uh, I don't, I don't want to call it a get right Cardinals game, but it's it's going to help that direction. Cardinals get the win, take the points. I like it. I think they won by more than two and a half. I did uh, last week. This is going to be the get right Cardinals game, and we're going <laughs> to miss on that. So I'm definitely not doing it to this fucking week. Um, Cardinals squeak out a win here at home, and I think Hopkins is going to be the difference. This feels like a 24-20 to 20 game. Um, I don't think that New Orleans has the firepower to score more than 24 to 27 points, personally. Uh, I like the cards. I like the points. Let's yes. move to Sunday. Uh, I'm already seeing a lot of six and a half, seven, seven and a half here. So let's try and breeze through these chests. The Atlanta Falcons, they are a six and a half point dog on the road across the board. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. A little bit of a resurrection here for the Bengals. Jess, who you got? A surprising win last week for Mariota and the Falcons, but I don't think they see that success this week. Like you mentioned, the Bengals are kind of on the rise. Joe Burrow's starting to hit on, on more than just two cylinders finally. And it, once they get Jamar Chase involved, uh, it's it's lights out. So I'm I'm taking Cincinnati. My Oregon algorithms were kicking around, and I was getting photos after this game of Joey Harrington with Mariota, and it was uh, it made me smile to see Joey Harrington alive and not 300 pounds. He's the he's, he's a big smile. He's a big, uh, he's, supporting he's his a big boy. teddy bear. Supporting his boy. Yeah, uh, I yeah, agree with everything you say once again, and this feels more like a 10-point game to me. If this was an 8, I think that would be a fair spread. Atlanta's not going to double up and do that twice. No. Uh, Cincinnati wins. Cincinnati rolls. I like Cincinnati by 8 to 10. Uh, the Detroit Lions, they're coming into Dallas. They, are play- they better be playing fucking Dak. Uh, seven across <laughs> the board, Jess. Who you got? Uh, it's funny. I've actually seen comparisons this week. Uh, who, who's the quarterback you'd rather have Matt Stafford or Jared? Mm. Can you, are, I can't believe that we're like in that realm right now. Like just a year ago, we were celebrating the, the dominance of the LA. Now they're comparing Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff, who plays for the Detroit Lions where Matthew Stafford. How the mighty have fallen. Left, so mighty have fallen. Uh, in this game, uh, I think that the Cowboys, I think Cowboys roll. Uh, I think that uh, last week, uh, if anything, if you want to take something away from the the Cowboys' loss to the Eagles, is this. They, I think, proved finally to a lot of people in the world of sports that the Eagles are fallible and can be beaten. The Eagles did not look dominant. They had a terrible second. You have a terrible second half like that against a team like the Eagles or the Chiefs or or one of these top-tier elite teams. You lose and you lose big. Uh, the Cowboys, if they had Dak and they had some more health on the offensive line, I think maybe that game changes and the Cowboys pick up a win. Cooper Rush just fell you know, into the whole, like, welcome to the actual NFL Cooper Rush type of deal. Uh, in this game, if Dak plays or doesn't, I like the Cowboys. In the, I don't like Detroit at all right now. 
Yeah, Dell, fucking Dak better play. Bottom line, it's time to get Coop out the game. Dak it's, is going to be fucking good. Let him one more week. Nah, yeah, that's a good. Point. Well, listen, if Dak doesn't play, I agree with you. I don't think this. I don't think they cover the seven, but I think Dak's got to play. This is the Dak comes back, and you know, in in hindsight, I think majority of Cowboys would have taken a winning record with Dak going down, and you and Cooper was able to give us that. So thank you, Coop. Tale of two halves last week. Dallas looked fucking terrible offensively first half, and they looked like they had a backup quarterback. Balls were getting tipped up in the air, and, and they were getting picked. And in the second half, the defense adjusted. They made plays, and Dallas just couldn't put enough points on the board late. Um, and, of course, there we got the revisit of the dumb McCarthy play call. and Some, some of the bad Dallas started to, to rear its ugly head. Some of the Dallas that we know just stinks and, and can – and we know is out there. You can, you know, they're not always going to be a perfectly ran, well-oiled football team like you get from Belichick or Tomlin. And there's our Belichick or Tomlin shout out early. If Dak plays, I like the points. If he doesn't play, Dallas wins. Detroit covers. And uh, by the way, golf is just in a system right now that favors. Um, that benefits his strengths and those receivers are really good that's part of it as well uh tennessee two and a half point favorite at home to indianapolis colts <clears throat> will we crush matt ryan this week just who you got <clears throat> like i don't feel bad because i i do believe that matt ryan's washed up but but this the statistics what some smart man, much smarter than I, once said statistics don't lie. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is number two in passing yards, right I'm so behind glad you Josh this Allen. I'm How so is no, this? Wait. Okay, did he have a game through for a thousand yards in a game? Like, did that happen? And I just missed it. Like, <laughs> what happened? Hey, <laughs> hey, well, he Jonathan Taylor's not running the ball is what's happening, so he's My forced gosh. to throw. Two, he's had. Uh, games that are over 275, two garbage games where they're just throwing from behind a lot. Um, yeah, we are going to bash Matt Ryan. I thought you were going to go here and you didn't. Did you know Matt Ryan passed Dan Marino this week in overall passing yards? Oh, my gosh. Jesse, if you had a game uh, for your your life depended on it, would you take fucking Matt Ryan or Dan Marino? I would take Dan Marino right now. I'll, I'll, I'll turn up the notch right now. I'll turn the notch up a little bit. What if they're playing the 85 Bears? You taking Dan Marino or you taking fucking Matt Ryan? No, The you, best you, Matt Ryan we've ever seen. The best Matt Ryan we've ever seen? Probably that Super Bowl run. Uh, and that was yeah, just I guess. time deal. Marino, I can't believe that. That's crazy. But you know what? Let's, let's flip it one more time. Let's give Matt Ryan the credit for his long long tenured career yeah, he's been able yeah. to maintain health and be yes, on the yes. field and play games so so play, now we play can get games to the part where, the, where play games where the where football was changing and he happened to be in that era where 350 400 yard passing became more of the norm yes he was definitely a part of that that generational switch you know, we we had like yeah, the Mike Vicks Rivers, and stuff Drew like that. Those guys. I mean, look look at the. I I can't even tell you. Like, if Philip Rivers' numbers are insane, you look at a guy like Philip Rivers. You look at his stats. You say, how does this guy never won a Super Bowl? But the real question should be: Is how has he never won more than one playoff game in his career? Like, I mean, it's Rough. insane. Matt Ryan. Yeah, Ladini and Thompson. By the way, we we've been able. 
do flip Matt Ryan's career a little bit, go from bad to worse, bad to good, good. Now we're going to go to worse. Right now, I still do not believe that Matt Ryan's arm, especially after having to throw the ball like 52 times last week, Matt Ryan's arm is going to be noodle-like <laughs> this week. He is not going to be able to throw the ball probably more than 35 times. If I was the coaching staff Frank on Frank Reich's side sidelines, I would have every play I could to find a on the football with or without Jonathan Taylor. You have meaningful running backs on that bench. Play them. One, two guys, three guys. Throw as many as you can. Do a bunch of dump-off passes. Do a bunch of screen plays. I think that the Titans will roll. Uh, agreeing. Um, I again, we've been bagging on the Colts for several weeks that they've still found ways to win games, and we've been bagging on Matt Ryan, but he's still found ways to win games and pass Dan Marino. So I, I hate the two and a half because it feels like an AFC South, uh, seventeen to nineteen win Tennessee, mm. right? So I, listen, Tennessee wins in fucking indie indie covers. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, listen, and I am ready to call them a shit show. They are. Going to Washington is Wentz plan? Is that other kid plan? And we've got wacky, uh, wacky. It's four and a half. It's five. It's four and a half. It's five. It's four. It's four and a half. And then I'm seeing a bunch of fives overseas. Green Bay is a favorite. They're traveling to Washington. Who you got? Uh, you know what? I'm taking the home field. Taylor God, passed me a Heineken is going to go there. Oh, I love it. God, I'm telling you're you, your dick out. I love it. This- this kid played really well in the last couple of years when he's been called on to play football games. He is not a terrible quarterback. He's probably in the realm of a Davis Mills where he's young and he's out there and he's trying to th- throw hard footballs and make a lot of plays that he shouldn't be trying to make. But I think that he gets out on the field and he makes every, he gets everybody excited. All the playmakers are excited to play with the guy who's willing to pass the ball and spread the wealth around. And I think that that ignites something in the Washington Commanders. And they go into home field and they beat the shit show that's called the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, you better load up on all those wacky ass fucking mushrooms because you're sacked all day long. This is way less about Washington and way more about Green Bay because it's time. It's just time to label them a stinky team. Yeah. They're a fucking bad team, Justin. We thought they would be. I, I I don't remember what their win total was, but I'm pretty sure we both. We gave them a good. We gave them a good run. I think we both went under on it though, and if they and they're, this is it. This is what happens when you're not able to hit on your draft picks. This is what happens when you have problems on defense, and this is what happens when Aaron Rodgers just is not comfortable or familiar with these fucking receivers. That's where we're at. And this is going to be a bad Aaron Rodgers year. This is going to be a bad Green Bay Packers team. And Ron Rivera is going once again, nobody believes in us, rah, rah, and that shit works. This is going to be another game where we're going to have two minutes left in this game, and it's going to be 17-20, to and Rodgers is going to be mad as fuck because he just can't throw touchdown passes. I, I, and you listen, we did the same thing last week where I was eyeing some upsets and you fucking hopped on them before I did. So you and I are going the same way here. This is our upset special. We like Washington. We love the fucking points. You know, what, you know what's Bay- messed up about this game is this. I, I firmly believe that Aaron Rodgers, as far as skill set, has not dropped off the map. I, I am placing 
like 95% of the blame on the playmakers. And he, he's got guys out there who he's played with a little bit, like Alan Lathard and some of these other guys, Robert Tanyan. But they are still managing to drop over passes that get thrown to them. Aaron Rodgers right is not any less accurate than he was last year when he won the MVP or a couple of years before that when he won the MVP. His receivers are just that much worse this, this season. I'll agree with you that there are drop balls, but when, when, why is it uh, Russ Wilson, who's performing badly, is washed, but Aaron Rodgers isn't? And because Russell we, Wilson is playing like he's washed. That's okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, <laughs> let's keep it. Let, let's keep it moving. We spent way too much time on bad games. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eleven to a ten and a half point favorite on the road, traveling to the Carolina Panthers. There's a lot of weird internal shit going on with both of these teams, Jess. Who you got? Uh, the Bucks are a mess, but the Panthers are a disaster. There's everything from from front office management down to players on the field. Like what happened last? I believe it was last week. Roby Anderson and uh, whoever was head coach at the time, they to it on the sidelines and like, I mean. I don't know what's happening in that organization, but whatever it is, is the exact opposite that you want your organization to be running like. And so I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I think Brady has a bounce back game. I know that he got roughed up a lot last week. Shocking, uh, you know, shocking numbers, according to a Tom Brady type game. Buccaneers clean it up. Hopefully they get Mike Evans back. I think that he's uh, right now he's on, on the injured, their, in, their injury list. Not sure if he's going to play. If he does, they win even bigger. A lot of sports talk takes this week on Brady was at this wedding and Belichick wasn't and he's yelling at his offensive lineman and uh, I like the takes where people are going, yeah, but he looks like shit. He just physically looks like shit. He looks older in the face. (laughs) Listen, bro. Listen, there's a lot that happens when you start going through a divorce. I'm just saying, this shit will wear on you. And and Uh, the worst thing is, is like you you're going through this possible divorce or whatever, right? Like with Giselle Bunchen, one of the hottest females on the planet, right? And then you look over at your owner Robert Kraft, or your or your former owner Robert Kraft, and he's marrying like a 23 year old chick who's just about as yeah. hot as, as your ex wife is about. He's, you know, so. he's at the wedding sitting yeah. next to Meek Mill. All of a sudden yeah. he's getting with. All of a sudden it's just like David Ortiz, Meek Mill. <laughs> I don't like the Super points weird. by the way. I I think Carolina covers. I think they. I think this is like an eight. No. I don't think Carolina by double digits. I like it. All right. Uh, the Giants. Can we stop with the romance story, everybody? They're three point dog on the road to uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm still tooting that fucking horn, Jess. I'm not done with our bo- our boy Lawrence. Uh, who you got? Uh, Lawrence didn't. He he played good last week. In, in I'm a- better. He played good. It's not. It, so what? Okay, I'm gonna ask you because you are heavily on the Trevor Lawrence train. You're like, this kid's gonna break out. He's gonna be a star. So I was reading somewhere that he is afraid to pass the ball downfield. That he lacks arm strength. He lacks accuracy downfield. In college, he he lacked anything. In college, it looked like he had a cannon. In college, it looked like he had accuracy all over the field. Now all of a sudden, uh, NFL pundits who think that they know more than and I, because they actually get paid to do this stuff, are saying all these negative things about Trevor Lawrence. So 
I'm going to turn the table on you, my friend, and, and let you go through the game first. What is Trevor Lawrence all about? I think he can be a top 10 passer. And I don't think, I, I don't know about elite. I don't know about that top five, but I think he can be a top 10 passer. And I think he still has a ton of upside. I think that he's doing well with the receiving court, receiving court they have, but I still think that he has the intangibles that you want out of a quarterback that isn't going to be Lamar Jackson and isn't going to be, you know, uh, that style of quarterback. He's tall. He doesn't have a cannon cannon per se. You're not going to see those Josh Allen 70 yard rips, but he's got some pop in that arm and he does still have the, what it takes. I still think again, there's a lot that the, there's a lot still there. There's still a lot of substance, a lot of meat on the bone. And I, I I'm far from saying that he's done and he's keeping his every week. I see this guy on the red zone. He's keeping his team in games every week. They are in games, which is why it doesn't surprise me that the spread is only three points. Uh, I like Jacksonville. I don't like Jacksonville by like a touchdown. We gotta have that Giants come back to Earth game, and this is it. They they, they can't continue to have these seventeen to twenty point games <laughs> where they're where they're fucking Daniel Jones is making one play or Saquon's making a fucking play or it just, they just can't continue doing this shit. We're at the part of the season where the teams that have great records. They start to fall off, and they lose two or three games, and they come back to earth. And this is what happens with the Giants. They come back to earth. I like Jacksonville. I, I like the points, Jess. So how about you? I, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you this time. I, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bounce-back game. I, I don't think that he had a bad game last week. Um, his numbers were solid. He had super high accuracy. I think he was like 13 of 19 or something for the game. no reason. I'm going to put a lot of blame on the coaching staff. There's no reason you have a guy – who is as talented as what you're speaking of, only throwing the ball 20 times. Josh Allen, just a couple of weeks ago, threw the ball like 62 fucking times. Like, Trevor oh, let me Lawrence, this, let me Trevor this, Lawrence the, is the, the Jags' two running backs are really good. They've, they've got yeah. good running backs, too. So they've, there's nothing wrong with set, you know, running the ball to set up the pass. I know, it's, I know I sound but like... But to throw the I ball coach, to, but, under 20 attempts... It's, That's like rookie status still. It's, Lawrence it's, is now in his it, year. I think that he's a little bit You want to say he's got a leash on him? That's fair. I want to say he's got a leash on him? That's fair. I think Lawrence goes out there. You let the guy throw the ball at least 25 times. He picks up like 310, maybe 290 in that range. He throws a couple touchdown passes. Maybe he even runs for one. Remember, he is an athletic quarterback. He's maybe not dual threat like a Lamar Jackson, like you were talking about, but he is dual threat to a certain point. He can move the chains using his, his feet. So Jacksonville Jaguar uh, coaching staff, I, I urge you, please open up the playbook a little bit for this kid. Cause I want to see what he's really about. I do believe the Jacksonville Jaguars pick up a win. They bring the, the New York giants, uh, or excuse me, the, the New Jersey giants. They bring them back down a peg or two. Jacksonville picks up the win. Uh, let's try and bang through these games here. Uh, Cleveland, six-and-a-half-point dog on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar may have came down to earth a little bit with these losses. Jess, who you got? Uh, well, I, I still I, – I like Lamar Jackson. It's it's going to be rare that I pick a game against Lamar. I, I, I love that kid so much. I just do. I think he's tremendous. Uh, I, I'm going to go Baltimore. Uh, what was the point spread? Six-and-a-half. That's high. 
Shit, that's high. I'm not going to take the points. I think this is more like a three-point game. This is like a field goal yeah. at the end of the game kind of game. It's going to be another one of those, uh, like Jay mentioned earlier, AFC South type, you know, uh, AFC North, I mean, yep. uh, type yep. games where it's like a 17-19, you know, maybe 2017 type score. But I'm going to get Baltimore the win. Yeah, and a million percent. I feel like you stole my thunder. That's where I was going to I'm go. sorry. This I apologize. Is, no, you're good. This is uh, Ravens win. Cleveland covers. They run the ball a ton. They keep Lamar off the field. This is like a 17, 13, 24, maybe 24, 20 type of win for Baltimore. If Baltimore loses this game, the talk on Lamar, it's going to come down. But if this to me, Baltimore has just got too much talent. But if Cleveland, Cleveland runs the absolute shit out of the ball and just keeps Baltimore off the field, which is in play, would not surprise me. I like Baltimore. Don't like the points. Weird pick them. Denver at home. One point across the board, Jess. Is Vegas falling in love with the New York Jets? Jess, who you got? They have fallen in love with the Jets. I think there's the media has. for it. The media yeah, has. the media loves these guys. Uh, I believe the Jets are four and two. And Zach Wilson doesn't really have to do anything. Uh, they've found a, a beast of a running back in Brees Hall, uh, rookie this this season. And when called upon, the receivers are doing enough to at least bring the ball down and move the chains, keep the keep the the, the ball moving forward. And the defense is playing great. And that young secondary man, Sauce Gardner, man, he is hot. Damn, that guy's like glue. I never even I I think he came out of Cincinnati and I was like no kid out of Cincinnati is going to play top level elite corner in the NFL it's just not going to happen he's he's making me eat my words man he's playing the the top receiver week in week out and I don't think that he's allowed a hundred yards yet so um, tough game I, I'm going to go New York or excuse me I'm just just to keep it uh, locationally correct New Jersey Jets. They're gonna they're gonna win this game. They're gonna beat the Broncos, and my my distrust for for Russell Wilson continues. I want I'm 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 in agreement with you again. I want to pick Denver here. I want to let's ride, and this feels to me like a ugly bowling shoe, ugly thirteen to twelve type of game. I think we just keep waiting for Russ to cook and, and maybe it's just not happening. Maybe he's just not clicking with that playbook. Something there clearly is not clicking. And I think they're having some issues at running back too. Um, I like the Jets. It's clearly not an upset special, but um, the Jets, that homegrown talent, it's coming to rise now. And uh, again, I think this is going to be something like 15, 17. It's going to be an Ugly game, but the Jets win. We've got the Houston Texans who have just recently fired Jack Easterby. Shout out to our boy Justin Von Doom. Shout out to all Texans fans who are happy to get rid of this guy. Um, About time. They're going to Vegas. Good Lord. Vegas is a seven point favorite. I believe they're coming off a bye. I do not trust this line, Jess. Who you got? trust this line either and i believe that Devontae's playing nothing's happened yet as far as what i i know or have heard as the far suspensions. as suspensions yeah no suspensions no, no he's gonna pay, he's pay that guy's and go away yeah i mean 
So look, man, the the Vegas Raiders, uh, they're very they're they're an uber talented team. They they really are. I blame their their struggles on coaching. As a matter of fact, I blame it all on Josh McDaniels because I think he's a terrible head coach. Always has been, just terrible at the helm. Uh, um, I've said it before. Give that guy the clipboard. Let him run the offense. You'll you'll work wonders. Give him the 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 headset and let him call plays, and you're fucked. And I think that that's almost been proven to a point in his career. Uh, I like the Raiders though. I think that the Raiders are talented. Devontae is going to come back. He's going to be fired up. Uh, Carr is going to be fired up. Uh, get Josh Jacobs the ball, let him run and do his thing. He's proven a lot of people wrong. A lot of people are saying the Raiders should have traded or even cut him at the beginning of the season. Josh Jacobs running like a man on fire. Give the ball to Josh. Give the ball to Devontae. Raiders win this game. Uh, does Houston cover the seven? No, no. I think Raiders win is like nine, maybe even ten points. I, I, I'm I'm going for a, a – a, I, I think that, that it, it sounds high. But this is a game the Raiders need. This is a game that Devontae and Carr. Yes, boy, do they. They, they need this game. So I think they're going to uh, come out fired up. They're going to win this game by like 10, 13 points. Uh, Raiders win Houston backdoor cover. I think Houston scores something late to, to keep it close, and it's like a six or a five-point game, and then they do some stupid onside cake, and then the Raiders win. Uh, I like <laughs> Vegas. Um, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. I, I listen, they've been, it's been talked about on Twitter a little bit. The numbers are out there. We're not getting a lot of high scoring games yet. And this is going to continue that trend. This feels to me like 2017 or something stupid like that. Uh, the Los Angeles chargers, uh, by the way, I'll be in LA in January for AEW dynamite. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, they are battling the Seattle Seahawks. I am not sure who is playing quarterback for Seattle. I believe their quarterback got hurt. I could be wrong. Jets are a six-point favorite across the board. The Chargers are a six-point favorite across the board. Who you got? Uh, I think it'd be close. I almost don't even want to take the points, but I like the Chargers, and I will take the points. I think they can squeak out a seven, nine-point win, maybe ten. Uh, Herbert does not look right. I don't think that yeah. injury. I don't Thumbs think the ribbon fully healed i think he's out there struggling a little bit with it uh like they were talking about earlier in the game last week a lot of his passes were sailing high and i think that's got to do with the ribs and just the pain at the top of his throw uh, but he's still one of the premier young talented quarterbacks in the league he finds ways to win late and he's got guys like Austin Eckler, and he's got, you know, uh, hopefully Keenan Allen will be back at some point in time. But Mike Williams and some of the other receivers have made up uh, fairly well for Allen's lack of presence, uh, being on the sideline. I'm going Chargers. I'm going cover. Yeah, I like Chargers in the points. I agree with you here. I just – they can run the ball and win by six. They, they're just the more talented team across the board. And they're at home. Six feels almost low. This feels like an eight, ten-point game. Uh one sexy game two not so sexy games so let's fucking hold off on the sexy game and move right to sunday night sunday night the pittsburgh steelers they are a seven point dog to the miami dolphins miami seven across the board who you got it's the return of tua man that's why they gotta give him a little bit of hair no back wow Tua's been cleared to play he's gonna play sunday night uh I, the, the problem is, is, well, Kenny Pickett play? I heard that Pickett got a little beat up in, in last week's win. Um, 
Uh, I, you know what? I will say this. I got to, I got to give a every week and I, I'm just keep a trend. Uh, Mike Tomlin is one hell of a fucking he- head coach. I mean, he took this team and he knew that they were going to lose a bunch of games. He he's bringing Kenny Pickett in and plays with Trubisky and Pickett's coming in. He's throwing for some yards. He's looking all right, but he's also throwing a bunch of picks, making some rookie mistakes. He's sticking with the kid. Kid comes in, beats out a win last week, and everybody back there in that that locker room was just like, you know, they were just feeling good. They were just feeling good about things. And I just got to say, head just hats off to Mike Tomlin for just sticking with what he does best. Yep. He just he knows football players. You know, he knows football. He knows X's and O's. But the thing that he does well is he knows football players. And he's got a good group of players in that team, in that locker room. And I'm telling you, give him a year or two, some draft picks, some free agents, you know. Steelers will be back in the top of the AFC, you know, in that heat really soon. So big win for Tomlin. Uh, this week, again, I'm not sure if Pickett's playing. I, I He's playing beat up. Yeah, I don't think he is. I, I, I think that's a big for the Steelers. If you don't got the kid out there, you know, the running gun kid, uh, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, uh, I, you know, I just don't – I can't go – I can't pick the Steelers. I can't. So uh, yeah, our, our hate for Mitchell isn't going to change. Um, yeah. I I like Miami and I like the points. No, I don't it to love us. it. I don't love it. And yeah, two is really playing. Jeez, I can't believe it. Two has just got to go out there, hand the ball off twenty twenty five times, and out of play. What's going to happen? Out of play action makes the throws to Tyreek Hill. But you're right. I I like Miami. I like the points. Chicago. They are traveling to New England on Monday night. Let's bang this one out, Jesse, quickly. Seven and a half point to eight point favorite across the board. New England is. Chicago still sucks. Who you got? Yeah, uh, New England, uh, dare I say they might actually be a little bit better with Bailey Zapp at quarterback. I'm not sure if Matt Jones is coming back this week or not. But, but, I mean, Zapp spreads the ball around. I like the point. Yeah, I don't know if uh, if Mac Jones is just afraid or or it's just something in between his ears, but Zach Attack is just that. He just goes out there. He just, be, he just like fucking, dude. He just goes out there and slings it. Zach Attack just goes out there and fucking slings it. And yeah. I kind of I kind of like the fucking Brett Favre style of of playing attitude. So I like New England and I like the points. They could run the ball down the fucking down Chicago's throat and uh, Zaps. Is- a five thousand yard passer in, in college uh, out there in Western Kentucky, and I know that that's not a big name school at all. But the kid just—he's he a slinger. It. He's a gunslinger. Sling it, fuck kids, gonna take chances. Uh, m- money game here, last game, and then we'll get out of here. Jazz, Kansas City on the road. They're a two and a half point favorite against the San Francisco 49ers. Jess, who you got? That is ridiculous points. You think so? Yeah. Two and a half. The 49ers just got absolutely exposed last oh. week. Oh, that defense got lit up, and they there was no business that for the 49ers defense to 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 look that bad. Uh, to to come, I mean, every it, team has a bad game. Jess, is this this game in San Fran or is it in KC? It's in San Fran. Okay, so even with KC traveling, I can understand San Francisco, especially. You know, because NFL people are, are, you know, they're, what have you done for me lately? Everybody just saw the Chiefs lose last week. And they're, they're obviously going to be like, well, is Kansas City no, era over or whatever? Yes, they're, they're two and a half favorite on the road. That's not Favorites, true. okay. Yeah, they're two and a half so, favorite. So let me change this up. I like Kansas City. I like them by more than two and a half. I think oh, that wow. Mahomes is going to have a comeback game and look MVP-like again. And the Chiefs roll on San Francisco in San Fran. Yeah, uh, agree with you. At some point, 
they don't have to score 40 points. They've just got to put up something like 27, and that's enough to beat San Francisco at home. San Francisco is going to continue to struggle a little bit offensively. They're a little bit banged up, and their defense makes plays. If their defense makes plays at home, I can see them sneaking out of victory. But this, to me, feels like Kansas City like by three or four. This feels like the Kelsey game, another Kelsey game, another Al Bundy four-touchdown Kelsey game. That, that's what he does. So, by the so, way, when do we get to the point where we start talking, is Travis Kelsey the best tight end of all time? I think he's, I think oh, that's a good. Are point. we here? I no, think we because be. Gronk. No, because Gronk. No, I don't know. He, uh, dude, Gronk has like what look, four wins or something. You, you, you got to look at the numbers, man. I, I think numbers. it's fair. I think it's. I think it's a fair. I. I don't think it's an out of this world comparison. But uh, somebody's got to talk about Gronk. it. Travis Kelsey is a monster. I've not seen a tight end be able to do things that he does. The okay. Gronk. So again, I just just so I can reminisce on last week's win, I'm just gonna say Buffalo's defense has done superbly well against <laughs> tight ends. We held Mark Andrews, and I blew that kid a couple weeks back, too. Mark Andrews is probably second, third best tight end in the league, and he was held to, like, something like 23 yards receiving against Buffalo's defense. Yeah, it was a rainy, muddy game. It was ugly. But Travis Kelsey had, like, a by halftime against Buffalo. Like, he is an amazing athlete. So I just think that someone, somewhere, some way down the line, somebody's got to mention Travis Kelsey in the name of at least – the top tight ends of all time. Maybe not the best right now. Hit the wrap it up button. I think it's fair. I think it's time. All right, folks. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at JTT81. You can follow J at Valdez, spelled backwards, 559. You can follow the show at Team Toss 21. We love interacting with you guys when you spit out tweets of all kinds, whether they're ridiculous or not. We will always respond to them. And uh, shout out to Shay Rollins. Happy birthday, brother. Shout out to all of our other guys out there that listen to the show. Uh, Be Black. Uh, I can't remember his. Uh, Be Black 559. Be Black 559. Uh, shout out to the Golden State Warriors for picking up a win against the Lakers. Hate the Lakers. Uh, and Be all black. the other people that, you know, all the other people that listen to us. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Later. Peace.